investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and thank you for joining me for episode 5 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So today I wanted to take a look at uh, the recent reforms to the Residential Tenancies Act. Um, There's been a lot of questions about rental uh, law changes among investors in Victoria particularly Um, and this introduction for most of these uh, re- these reforms was made as of March 29th, um, and there's some 130 of them altogether. Some of them have been delayed slightly to allow for uh, changes to properties to be made, but in general, that's the uh, that's the time frame that people are working towards. Um, one of the main ones, uh, and certainly from uh, me talking to you today, is the uh, the renaming of landlords and tenants to rental providers and renters. Now, I will def- definitely do my best today and going forward to um, to make sure I use those correct terminologies. However, old habits do die hard, so please forgive me if I um, do make some slip-ups during the uh, the podcast today. So some of the law changes that, um, that have come into place are certainly not limited to, but do include a ban on rental bidding. Um, it can be no longer uh, the ability to serve a 120-day notice to evict a tenant for no reason. Uh, minor modifications by tenants are now to, uh, sorry, renters, I've already done it, um, are now allowed to be made uh, to properties without uh, seeking the rental provider's permission. Uh, limiting rent rises to only once a year, so on an annual basis. Uh, renters' rights around heating and cooling, the minimum standard is, um, has been increased. Window locks uh, need to be provided on rental properties and pets can no longer be unreasonably refused. Now, to get a, a far more detailed summary and an exact overview of these changes, uh, visit the Consumer Affairs website, which is consumer.vic.gov.au, and you'll get a much uh, more comprehensive overview of the exact changes. I don't want, don't propose to go through every single one today. That would be quite boring and dry, um, but we'll, uh, we'll certainly cover off on a number of aspects. So a number of the concerns that have been expressed to us by rental providers have been around um, the the cost of some of the p- potential upgrades that are going to be required um, to some of their properties, um, and the feeling is that that combined with the uh, the downturn that's been experienced as a result of COVID through 2020, and also the rental moratorium that uh, allowed for or made it um, a requirement for rental providers to reduce rental. Um, incomes over that period has put a lot of financial stress on them. Now it's been certainly on uh, on renters as well, but um, looking at it as we are from a uh, rental provider's perspective, um, those extra financial constraints make it quite difficult. So that's certainly been one of the major issues that people have um, had a concern about. Um, there'll be certain types of um, rental providers that will be that will suffer or not suffer, but will be far greater impacted by some of these changes and and typically that will be with um, people that have got older homes or unrenovated properties and perhaps those that have have been let go a little bit and or haven't been as well maintained over a period of time um, and what we would refer to as being undercapitalized. Now what this will allow people to do is to remind yourselves that investing in property is not a set and forget asset. If that's what you're looking for then shares are certainly a better way to go. Property does take time and maintenance. It's not a, um, a daily thing, but you certainly do need to be mindful of it and making sure that you keep them them uh, updated and upgraded, particularly if you're in the apartment market. 
because there is so many modern apartments that you would um, compete with. To a lesser extent, direct competition, but they're certainly there and, and you've got to be mindful of that. Um, and then also those that uh, the, the others that will be impacted by these are those that are under financial stress. Now that may be COVID related, it may not be. It may be just people that have um, perhaps stretched themselves a little too far with expenses and uh, and this may just top it off. So they're, they're probably the two main ones. The other that um, we'll probably dig a little bit deeper on is some that may have been a little bit too budget conscious in regards to property management. Now that may be uh, in relation to um, you're managing the property yourself or that you perhaps uh, have gone and focused on the cheapest property manager that you could you could find. Now, this may allow and may be a really good time to reassess your property management arrangements because if your property manager hasn't shown to be, um, to be very resourceful during COVID with all the changes and things that have been made, they certainly will during this time. So making sure you've got the right property manager in place um, is going to be vital. Uh, and these new regulations will amplify the important role that property managers do play. Um, so what they'll be doing is looking to um, to make sure that you're up to standard, you're up to scratch, and that you're complying with the new regulations. So it will be worth paying a little bit more for the right property managers. We've seen too many times where people do scrimp on property management and, um, and it really does impact on the service that you receive but also on the quality of, uh, of tenant that you'll attract um, or that, that your property manager will find for you in terms of doing the, the appropriate levels of due diligence, keeping your property up to standard and making the appropriate recommendations to you as a rental provider. So some of the things to look for in a really good quality property manager are experience. Now, you can look at uh, or asking questions along the lines of how long have you been in the industry for? What are your plans? Is it your career path? Um, what type of property do you look at? Look after? Is it similar to the one that you've that um, that you as an owner have? Um, reputation. Is there uh, a referral service or a referral that you could get uh, for a property manager? So family, friends, work colleagues that that may have had a really good experience with someone, uh, and that may be um, worth taking on board, particularly if they're in a, a similar location to your property. Another good one is uh, is around their workload. So. What, how many properties do they manage? Um, and is that likely to increase, decrease over a period of time? And do they have the support levels um, needed to, uh, to keep on top of things? And that might be uh, assistant property managers, but it may also be a more senior property manager um, or a apartment di department director, sorry, that, that they can go to and ask questions and make sure that they're on top of everything that's needed. So what levels of support do they have as a company? Uh, and as an individual manager. And then how is the, the property management department structured? There's been a lot of different um, uh, structures set up by different estate agency companies and property management companies over the years, varying from um, one person may be your leasing agent, one, may, one person may be your property manager, one may, person may be a releasing agent. So there's all these different layers. So you need to get a clear understanding as to who you'll be reporting to, if you've got issues, who do I go to, how is it going to work, who'll be coming back to me, who'll be attending to the, the concerns that I have. So understanding that is really important. And once you get all of that clear, the um, the right property manager will absolutely be worth their weight in gold. As um, you've no doubt heard uh, from us over the years, investing in the right property manager is investing in your property itself. So make sure that you've got the right one working for you. 
So let's have a look through some of these reforms and, and perhaps some of the more notable ones to, to consider and, and dig a little bit deeper on. So the first one we'll look at is that renters can no longer be evicted for no reason. So I mentioned earlier that previous to these changes, uh, you could provide a 120-day notice um, with no reason attached to it, providing you were, your tenant was, or sorry, your rental renter was not within their um, fixed lease term. Um, so if you're if they'd moved to a um, month-to-month tenancy, then you would be able to provide a 120-day notice period and no no reason. However, you do need to now provide a valid re- valid reason to evict your tenant or your rental your renter. I'm going to keep doing this. Um, and this will include things like uh, perhaps selling the property, or there's going to be a change of use of the property, or perhaps even the owner is looking to move back into the property. So they're all considered to be valid reasons to um, to be able to serve notice. However, you do need to have that reason going forward. Um, now, the minimum standards have certainly changed in terms of what the, the type of accommodation that's provided to a renter. Uh, and this includes rights around heating, um, particularly in Melbourne, and, and what's considered to be efficient, um, and also actually provide heating, and, and not just leave it up to the uh, the renter to provide their own portable heating. Uh, door and window locks need to be at a minimum standard and be provided uh, within the rental property. So, um, if it's not up to, if the property is not considered to be up to a minimum standard now, renters can request uh, an urgent repair. So. Um, there's certainly far more things now that are considered an urgent repair than there were before. So things like a, uh, a broken air conditioner, um, a functioning smoke alarm, if there's a pest infestation, uh, or perhaps even mould, um, there's, there's certain minimum standards that now, now do need to be met. And if they're not, then they, um, the renter can, prov- can request an urgent repair to be carried out. Um, and that will need to be done. So that's, but most of those things that I've just listed there, um, I think most people would agree uh, are fair and reasonable and what, what most people would expect to, uh, to have in a, uh, in a rental property. Uh, another one of the amendments is that rent can only be increased once a year, so done on an annual basis. Again, that's not unreasonable um, to have that consistency providing it's it's increasing to uh, what's considered a market rent and it's not going above and beyond, well then um, you can do that on an annual basis. Um, it's now also unlawful to discriminate against renters based on their personal attributes, uh, such as age, race, religion, or disability. Now again, given society that we live in, I think that's not again, not unreasonable that people should be able to be assured that they'll be considered on their merits as opposed to um, some of these other personal attributes. The other one that's probably gotten the most coverage um, is that pets can no longer be unreasonably refused, uh, although renters must still ask for permission to have a, uh, a pet within a rental property. So what's considered to be unreasonable? Well, in my mind, if you're currently living in a, um, a two-bedroom uh, small terrace house, for instance, and you've got a nice little courtyard backyard, well, then a, a little Jack Russell Terrier or something along those lines in the uh, in the backyard is, is probably going to be considered reasonable. However, if you live in a one-bedroom apartment as a uh, renter and you apply to your uh, rental provider to be able to have a German Shepherd move into that apartment with you, I would suggest that most people, including VCAT members, would consider that to be unreasonable. So it, there'll be a bit of a balancing act, and, and I'm sure it'll be tested in VCAT at different po- different points, but um, those are probably two extremes, but that's typically what we'll be looking at for what's reasonable and unreasonable within a, um, a rental property. Now, 
other um, alterations, a renter can be evicted if they're violent or threatening towards a rental provider, agent or neighbour. Again, no one needs to be putting up with that. So that's uh, that's more than fair and reasonable. And renters experiencing family violence can change or terminate their rental agreement and not be held liable for damages in some circumstances. So that'll be by applying to VCAT and there'll be a member that will uh, will determine what's what's fair and what's reasonable and, and what would need to be covered um, by bonds and those sorts of things if there is damage. But again, family violence is, um, is a terrible thing and, and we need to be protecting those that are suffering from it. So again, not unreasonable. So I think with a lot of these changes, what people need to be mindful of um, and trying to consider is looking at it as a bit of a more of an opportunity um, and perhaps it is a time to reset and, and bring a property up to what's considered to be a minimum standard um, but ultimately it's not going to just benefit the renter if you do it the right way and you're smart about your work it will actually benefit the rental provider as well or the investor so you can increase the value not just from a rental point of view by doing your works in a smart manner but also the capital value of the property as well so for example, if you're required to put in um, some heating because you don't have it, well, let's look at trying to put in a split system air conditioner rather than just a little wall mounted heater because you will get the benefit of not just heating but perhaps air conditioning as well with that split, split system unit, um, which particularly during summer months, people, tenants do pay, um, pay extra for. Or if you look at it more on the negative side of things, um, they may actually just not even consider a property that doesn't have air conditioning going forward. So what a lot of these changes are going to do is bring up the minimum standard. So you may not necessarily increase your your rental return, but your property may not even be considered if it's not up to, to a certain level of standard. So that's what we need to start thinking about is bringing it up to a baseline expectation and then maintaining that and making sure that it's at, a, at the right level and an acceptable level. Um, and doing the work um, that's going to benefit not just the uh, the renter but also the capital value, so the rental provider of the property. Another example is looking at kitchens and bathrooms if they need to be, if they've become a little bit dated and tired. You don't necessarily need to go and put a whole new kitchen and bathroom in, but painting kitchen cupboards, putting in new door handles to those cupboards, um, new taps, uh, and if needs be, appliances at different points in time. It's amazing what it can do. We've actually just completed an upgrade of a uh, of a kitchen for a client uh, in a, of a unit in Surrey Hills. And it made a huge difference to this property. And this was for sale purposes, but if it had been done from a, uh, a rental point of view as well, it would have taken the va rental value of this property up by as much as $150 a week with the amount of work that's been done at minimal expense, um, relatively speaking. So it's, it's understanding where you'll get bang for buck, as it always is with investment property, and making sure that you're spending money in the right areas. Um, and bearing in mind that property is not a set and forget asset. So keeping it up to a certain standard, getting it up to that standard, and once you do, then maintaining it at that level. Now that might mean that a tenant might, uh, sorry, a renter, renter might stay in your property for um, six years, seven years, eight years. And so you're not going to necessarily be doing a lot to the property during that time. But once they move out, then there might be the opportunity to, to bring it back up to a certain standard. And if you're contributing to that renter's um, requirements over that period and just keeping it up to date when they are they request certain small things if as long as they're not unreasonable comply with them then you can you can maintain that property on an ongoing basis uh, which is which is always a better way to approach it being proactive rather than being reactive 
Now, for some people, um, that people may have assessed the situation and, and quite rightly decided that it might be the right time to sell for them. And that might be due to the fact that the, the outstanding works that are required are just going to be too much for them, whether that's cost uh, and financial expense is too much or whether or not they're just not in the headspace to do it. Um, or they might be looking to take advantage of this current strong market conditions that we are experiencing. So if that is the case, um, just ensure that you're making those decisions for the right reasons, that it is the right time for you and not just because you've, be, you've become too overwhelmed with, with all the reforms that are proposed. Um, you will need to, once, but once you do get it up to that acceptable standard, it'll be a lot easier to maintain going forward. Um, and if you are able to do that, then uh, it, it really will be a fairly straightforward process, particularly if you've got good support around you with really good property managers. Um, and make sure that you can you can navig navigate through all those changes with minimal cost um, and maximise your long-term gains, which is what most people would want to do um, when when owning a, a good quality investment property. Okay, so let's move on to our story for this week. So recently we had one of our property managers come to us uh, as well as one of our clients in regards to a one-bedroom Art Deco apartment that this client owned. A very large one-bedroom apartment with a lock-up garage. It was in fairly basic condition uh, as it had had a long-term uh, renter in the property who was uh, planning to vacate. Now, the property manager provided us with a list of the works that would be required to bring that property up to the new standard, so in line with the, uh, the recent reforms. This included things such as heating being added, uh, a new switchboard, and some safety compliance uh, issues around the kitchen. So as the property had been um, tenanted or rented for a, an extended period of time by the one renter, it had come, become slightly dated, particularly around the kitchen um, and a, to a lesser extent the bathroom. Uh, the renter had been obviously very comfortable with this, quite content, and the rent reflected um, what the, uh, the property was. But given that there was the need to uh, upgrade a few elements, um, we thought that it might be good to take advantage of the, the vacant period uh, and the fact that we were going to have some tradesmen there to comply with the new reforms to also upgrade some other elements of the property too. So we got some um, works done which included putting in a new switchboard. To comply for, with the heating requirements, we put in a split system air conditioner as opposed to just putting in a wall mounted heater, which would have been a lot cheaper. Um, but this obviously provides both heating and cooling uh, for in the warmer months. But we also decided to put in a new kitchen. Um, it was in a, the, the kitchen in this property was a fairly standard rectangular shape, so it was a, quite an easy renovation uh, and fairly straightforward, new appliances, that sort of thing as well. Um, and then we had the uh, apartment painted carpet in the bedroom uh, and there was floorboards in the uh, the entry hall as well as the lounge room. So we had those repolished as well. Now, the works in total cost around $20,000. Um, but the benefit from our, um, our client's perspective was that it increased the rental value some $50 a week um, and it increased the capital value of the property sort of seventy dollars to $80,000 as well. So it just goes to show the benefits of having a, a really proactive and knowledgeable property manager that these works were all organized very quickly and concisely, um, implemented and carried out, and it really limited the vacancy period that our uh, our client had, and they were able to get it back on the market and get it tenanted um, again. So it, it just really emphasizes the, the importance of having a good quality property manager who's on top of all of these sorts of things. So that's about it for this weekend, uh, this week. Sorry, uh, thanks very much for joining me today for episode five of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As I always say, please feel free to share the podcast with friends and family. We want to continue to increase the circulation and get uh, more people involved. 
And if you would like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.